The Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast with your host, Jackie Pilosoff. No one should have to go through a divorce feeling alone and isolated. The Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast is a production of Divorced Girl Smiling, where every show is 30 minutes aimed to empower you, help you feel validated and understood, and connect you with some of the best divorce professionals in the industry. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and start smiling as you join us right now for the Divorce Girl Smiling Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at divorcedgirlsmiling.com. Before we get started, I want to talk about Investor Capital, a great financial firm. Investor Capital are my financial advisors. I'm talking specifically about Elaine Moss and Pete Mullins, a CDFA, who I have been working with for eight years. They have managed my money. They are so wonderful when it comes to the service aspect and performance, and I cannot say enough about them. They have a niche in helping men and women who are going through a divorce, and they are really, really wonderful. If you want to learn more, you can find them at VestorCapital.com or in the Trusted Professional section of Divorce Girl Smiling. I also want to talk about MJ Gable, who are diamond and fine jewelry buyers. And I have known Matt and Ann Gable since 2011 when I sold my wedding rings to them. So you can trust Matt and Ann. They are wonderful. They're so experienced. I think they were new when I sold them my wedding rings, and now they have so much experience and so many wonderful, wonderful stories of women selling their rings. And I can't say enough about them. If you want to find Matt and Ann Gable and MJ Gable, you can find them at mjgable.com or again in the Trusted Professional section of Divorced Girls Smiling. So I believe that everyone going through a divorce, honestly, should be required to be in therapy. Why do I feel that way? Because I believe that you could be the most emotionally healthy person. And when you're going through a divorce, it will take a toll on your emotional health. So I've always said that. I also believe highly in mediation. When I got divorced in 2008, mediation was not what it is today litigation was much more prevalent. I went down the litigation route, but I ended up mediating. But it wasn't like it is today. More and more divorces are headed towards a mediation approach as a divorce process, and it is working. And people are saving money. They're saving time. But most importantly, they're having a post-divorce that is amicable and friendly because of the skills they learn in mediation. So, what would happen if you combine a therapist and a mediator? And that's what we're going to talk about today. Can a therapist also be a mediator? And to talk about this with me is therapist and mediator, Julie Walton. Hi, Julie. Hi, Jackie. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for bringing this topic to my attention, for writing the article on Divorce Girl Smiling, and for being on the podcast. Thank you. So, Julie, both therapy and mediation play a key role in supporting individuals and couples in navigating challenging, life-changing situations like divorce, right? Let's start with this. Tell me about your role as a therapist first. Sure. As a therapist, my job is to provide a safe space 
a confidential relationship, an empowering journey for my clients who are struggling with many, many different kinds of issues. In every situation, though, they need to feel safe. They need to feel like they're going to come through this journey with a set of skills that they didn't have prior to starting and use those skills down the road so that when they're no longer in therapy, they know how to react to certain situations so that they end up in a place that feels emotionally stronger. All right. So I'm a big proponent of therapy. I went to therapy before my divorce, during, after, you know, many, many years. And why do you think people, I'm not going to say all people, but some people really don't want to go to therapy. What is it that holds them back? I think a lot of people are afraid of what therapy is going to mean in terms of the work that they have to do. So not like physically showing up or talking about their past, but actually recognizing that they have to make changes. And some people, it's just too hard to be vulnerable. It's too hard to face the fact that they've contributed to the lifestyle that they have and that in order for them to create a life that's happier, that they may also have to change. That it's not always the other person's fault and they're not always the victim, but sometimes it's the way that they're living their life. And I think it scares people to be really honest and really vulnerable with themselves. And it's uncomfortable. I mean, think about it. And it's embarrassing. You're telling this person your feelings and you you kind of are afraid that you're going to find out all the stuff that you might not like about. You don't even know what to expect. Maybe they're going to find stuff out you don't like about yourself and you're going to feel some shame. Not that anybody should, but these are the things that I agree with you. It's just very uncomfortable. But that's the, that's the vulnerable part where, you know, they don't know if they're going to be judged or like you said, shame is a really big factor. And I mean, as a therapist, my job is to never shame and to never judge. It's to help the other person come to realize that, you know, life is not easy for anybody and that maybe what happened to them at one point in their life has created different circumstances for them, but that they have the agency to change things without feeling shame and without feeling judged. And I think it's also important to have the right fit with a therapist. You know, it could be a completely different experience. Therapy can, depending on who you go to. And sometimes you have to go to a couple to get that right match. That's very true. And I highly encourage clients who are therapist shopping to look for, you know, talk to more than one person because they may call me and we may have a great conversation and they may think, oh, this is a great fit, but there could be someone else that's better for them. And I'm all about finding the right fit. So if it's not me, then find the right person, but get the help that you need. And it's so important also, I want to tell my listeners that if you have a bad experience with a therapist, don't let it turn you off of all therapists, please, because therapy can be so wonderful and helpful with the right person. You're right. You're 100% right about that. Okay. Want to move on to that you are also a divorce mediator. So tell me about your role as a divorce mediator and how, why you decided to do that and what your credentials are. So I was certified through the program at Northwestern University, 
And uh, it's just a certification. I'm, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not um, a coach. But this certification allows me to mediate in the same way that any other mediator would mediate. And so what we were trained in was both the family side as well as the financial side of creating what's called the MOU, the Memorandum of Understanding. And that MOU is the document. It's the roadmap of how the couple will follow their life post-decree. So my credentials are that, I, as I said, I was, um, I was trained at Northwestern University. And for many years, I was part of this unit called the Divorce Specialty Center at my previous job where we had all kinds of divorce services that we offered. Lots of high conflict, lots of co-parenting, lots of couples work, and mediation. And so now in my private practice, I offer mediation as a service, and it's nowhere near as long as therapy. It's typically just a few sessions because there's a lot of preliminary paperwork that's filled out, which gives me a head start in terms of writing up the memorandum of understanding. I meet individually with each client so that they can kind of give me some history, let me know where they're at, because oftentimes when I mediate, one member of the couple is not necessarily committed to the divorce. They're sort of ambivalent and there's resistance and they don't really know whether or not this is the right thing to do, but they sort of feel like they don't have a choice. So having a one-on-one -on -one with each member of the couple is really, really important so that as I go into mediating, I'm really clear where everybody stands. Would you say that if somebody is using you as a therapist, is it a conflict of interest if they then say to their soon-to-be ex, hey, she's also a divorce mediator, let's work with her? So I have had that where I've jumped from, um, not an individual client, but I've, I've had couples that I was working with who came in initially with the idea that like their marriage was really, really at risk and they didn't know if they were going to be able to make it or if they wanted to mediate. And so the outcome was going to be one or the other. So we started with the intention of trying to, you know, work through the problems, but ultimately ended up mediating. And it wasn't a conflict of interest because it's very clear very early on that my job as a mediator is a facilitator. I help facilitate the process and I help them respect each other at the table and realize that resolving these conflicts are about their future and their children's future and how it's going to look for them. So I don't pick sides. I can't do that. That would be unethical as a mediator. And I think most people going into it know that. So these clients that I had had previously as therapy clients knew that if we were going to pivot to mediation, that I would have a different role. Okay. But you said that if it's a couple going to see you and then they use you as the divorce mediator, that is not a conflict. But what if it's you're only seeing one person, you're their therapist. I would think that you would have to back out as a mediator, I would think, but I could be wrong. So only because it would be a conflict of interest if the person is seeing you as a therapist first and then brings their husband in. So honestly, Jackie, I think it would depend on the client. There are several things that go into what destroys a marriage. And for instance, abuse, addiction, an affair. If those things were happening to my client and then I was expected to sit across the table and not think about those things, not know those things when working with my client and their spouse, 
then that might be very difficult. I might It might be an ethical conflict. But if it's just a situation where the client is uncertain about their future and then decides that they want to go through a divorce and they want to mediate and there aren't any real negative red flags that had happened that might, you know, be imprinted in my mind, then I don't think that it would be a conflict of interest. You're listening to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast. My name is Jackie Pilosoff and I'm your host. I'm here today with therapist and mediator, Julie Walton. Julie is an LCPC and she's the founder of her practice, North Shore Reach. And Julie and I are talking about how she is a therapist who is also a mediator and how that works. We're gonna take a short break. And when we come back, we are gonna talk about what happens when your therapist is now also your mediator and what the advantages are of a therapist being your mediator. We'll be right back. I want to take a minute and talk about Bonnie Rabinovich Mantel. Bonnie is a divorce attorney and the managing partner of her firm, Primus Family Law Group, based in San Diego. And I met Bonnie about a year ago. Bonnie is wonderful, so experienced, so dedicated and passionate about helping people through divorce. Her tagline is zealous advocates for what is right and reasonable. Bonnie is truly no nonsense, tells you like it is, doesn't promise what she can't give you. And I really have so much respect for her. You can find Bonnie at primusfamilylawgroup.com. And I also want to take a minute and talk about another divorce attorney who is my newest Divorce Girl Smiling Trusted Professional. His name is Jason Tuckman, and he is a divorce attorney with Kelly Kelly Murata and Tuckman based in New Jersey. Jason actually got into the divorce business. He's been a divorce attorney for over 20 years, but he got into the business because his parents divorced when he was five years old and he remembers it as being really traumatic. And so he wanted to dedicate his career to making divorce better for families. I'm so excited to have Jason as part of the Divorce Girl Smiling team. And you can find Jason at the website of Kelly Kelly Murata and Tuckman, kkmtlegal.com. And you can find both Jason and Bonnie in the trusted professional section of Divorced Girls Smiling. Welcome back to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast. My name is Jackie Pilosoff, and I'm your host. Today, we are talking about, can a therapist be a mediator too? And the answer is yes. And to talk about it, I'm here with LCPC therapist, Julie Walton, who also has a certification as a mediator. She's the founder of North Shore Reach. So Julie, tell me, what are the advantages of somebody working with a therapist who's also a mediator? So I guess my question is, what are you bringing to the table as a mediator because you're also a therapist? That's a really good question. A therapist looks through a clinical lens, providing empathy and support, trying to be neutral and provide a safe manner for their clients. And I think as a mediator, it's really important to provide that emotional lens as well, to look through that emotional lens as well. I would never point fingers at any other mediators, and I certainly can't say that none of them have those qualities, but I know that I'm trained 
as a therapist to look through a certain lens. And a lot of times when people are going through divorce, the emotions are so strong that they lose their ability to navigate through really tough decisions. They lose their resiliency. You know, you've been divorced and many of your listeners have been divorced. And so it's not uncommon to just not be yourself through that process. So as a therapist, I'm able to recognize when people need more than just filling out the document in front of them. They need more than just guidance about a parenting plan or a scheduling plan or emergency contacts. They need more emotional support. And as a therapist, that's what I'm trained in. So the combination of this dual skill set, it allows me to recognize and address both the emotional load as well as the practical needs of what's going on in their life. You bring up something very, very interesting because there are lawyers who become mediators. There are financial advisors who become mediators. And now you're the first person that I have ever met who's a therapist and a mediator. So what I want to tell my listeners is Julie seems to me to be a good fit for couples who want to address these emotional issues in their mediation sessions. Now, if you are someone getting divorced and you have a complex set of financial issues with a business, you need accountants, there's high assets, I don't think Julie's your mediator. I think you need a mediator who has financial expertise. But that said, Julie could bring in a financial person to come in and sort those details out also. So it's really nice that there's so many options now and that people can have these consultations with all different mediators and each one has their own unique benefits. I mean, Julie, I think you're a wonderful therapist. And if I was getting divorced and I really wanted to address a lot of these emotional issues in my sessions, I would really want to work with you because isn't one of the goals of mediation to have like a really good post-divorce co-parenting relationship? Yes, absolutely. When you are in mediation, there's multiple benefits of mediation. We all know that it's less expensive, that you don't have to go through the courts, and so it's quicker. But the really big benefit, I think, and the most important one is that the two people who at one time were partners, but who are going to not be partners anymore in their marriage, are always going to be partners in their children's lives. And they need to be able to resolve conflicts and address different issues in a way that is best for their children. They need to be able to solve problems without creating more problems. And as a therapist, again, you know, the lens that I look through kind of gives me an advantage over that. But you're 100% right that, you know, as far as like the financial parts of it, I don't touch that because that's not my expertise. I recommend other people who do have a financial expertise. And so having a clinical lens really provides people with additional tools so that they can leave their marriage, they can leave mediation and be able to remember how to work together when there's all those complicated feelings involved. Now, I just thought of another thing that is a huge benefit to this. If Julie is your mediator and she helps you settle your divorce and get to this, um, what was it called, Julie? Memorandum of Understanding. Right, to complete the Memorandum of Understanding. All right, and then let's say your divorce is final. You could then say, Julie, I'd like you to be my therapist because now guess what? 
Julie knows you. She knows your ex-husband. She knows the dynamics. She knows the issues. So you've gotten a huge head start in therapy. I bet you didn't even think of that, Julie. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. No, that's a great plug, but thank you. (laughs) No, because it makes sense because people want a therapist they feel comfortable with. We just talked about being uncomfortable. Well, guess what? You've got a huge head start. Julie already knows you from your mediation, which is really nice. And then I bet you a lot of people would say, well, I never felt comfortable bringing this up in mediation, but blah, blah, blah. And my ex-husband used to do this. Obviously, they're not going to bring that up in mediation, but they would bring it up in therapy. Right. Yeah, it's a great point. I want to close on a positive note well, this whole thing has been positive, the whole podcast, but I, I want to close by asking you if you could tell my listeners any positive stories that have come out of your clients from therapy. Like, have you seen a client who's just a shell of themselves and then they go to therapy and they are a different person after a few months or maybe even a few weeks? Tell me a success story. A success story, yes, definitely. Well, I have a couple that um, I've been working with for, I would say, about eight months. So one thing that therapists know is that when they meet their clients for the first time, the goal is to finish with them, is to terminate them, because the goal is to get them to a place where they don't need to come back anymore, so much as obviously it's my business and it's you know my livelihood and and for them hopefully it's a relationship that feels good the goal is always to get them to be done and so i had this couple who recently um i've been working with them for about eight months now and they recently said to me we feel really really strong we feel like we're in a great place we had goals x y a b and c you know when we first started out with you and we've accomplished all of those and as much as we don't want to stop seeing you because we enjoy being with you we feel like we are ready you know to launch and to soar on our own and i said to them i completely agree with you you know i i don't want to hold you back i don't want to keep you here because you're you don't need to be here anymore you're ready to go so that happened just last week and um there's other individual client stories that i've had as well when i left my last job and i came here in private practice i had several people follow me because they felt really comfortable and they felt like you know, we were in a rhythm and I wasn't judgmental and I was supportive. And so they're still with me. They've been with me for several years now. And so do you want to tell us what your last position was so that we understand that might help people know if you're a good fit for them? Sure. As I said, I was with an agency where I was in what was called the Divorce Specialty Center. And a good I would say 60 plus percent of my cases were all divorce related. So they were um, not just services like mediation or reunification therapy or co-parenting or couples counseling, but there was a lot of individuals who came in saying, I'm not happy and I don't know if it's me or I don't know if it's my marriage. And then we would work on that. And then there were people that came in individuals who were going through a divorce and really just needed a lot of the support. Because as you know, there's a lot of trauma, there's a lot of fear and a lot of stress while you're in the midst of a divorce. And then there were people that came in who were post-divorce, who didn't know what to do with themselves now that they were single and they didn't have a partner and they you know, had to go back to work and they had to sell their house. Life looked very different for them post-divorce. So 
those were divorce services that were under the divorce specialty center, but they weren't necessarily mediation while someone was going through divorce or co-parenting for these other people that had already been addressed. And um, yet it was all a result of divorce that had taken place, you know, in their lives. Okay. Last question. It sounds also like you do discernment counseling. You know, a couple comes in, you help them figure out if they should try to work it out or get divorced. Is the couple that you mentioned in your story, were they at that point or they were just in marriage counseling? They were not in discernment counseling. They were a young couple that had been through some really traumatic experiences and really trying to figure out how they were going to make this marriage work. I've had a couple of couples like that who are young and have said to me, you know, we're really early in this process, but we recognize that it's not easy, that being married is not easy. And before we have children and we before we start families and really build a life together, we need to know that we're going to be able to work things out. So this couple that I was referring to was not in discernment counseling, but I have done work with discernment counseling clients as well. Julie, thank you so much for being on the show and taking time. I just love this conversation. I feel like I've been in this business for 10 years, but I keep learning stuff that I never knew about. So thank you for enlightening me and my listeners, of course. Thank you for having me, Jackie. I appreciate all that you do. And tell my listeners where they can find you if they want to set up a consult or look you up. Sure. I offer a free consult. Um, my website is www.northshoreReach.com and my phone number is 847-204-2523. And my office is in downtown Highland Park. Awesome. And you can also find Julie in the trusted professional section of Divorce Girl Smiling. And what I want to say to my listeners is if you want to find other trusted vetted divorce professionals like divorce attorneys, real estate agents, mortgage lenders, financial advisors, and more, or you want to listen to more podcasts, download my mobile app, read articles, or sign up for my free consult, come see me at divorcedgirlsmiling.com. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you real soon.